Hey, loves, beautiful souls, badasses, and amazing people. This is another episode of the Unapologetic Healer podcast. And this is Jasmine, also known as the Healing One, aka the Unapologetic Healer. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another week of my ramblings, my musings, and all the stuff in between. I have an amazing guest back with me today, Mawubu Dre Miller, for another episode behind the mask of a healer. If you caught the previous two episodes, you already caught up. If you did not, pause and go back and listen to the previous two (laughs) and then come back and catch up with this one. So that way you can be on the page with us eating what we are putting down on the table. You feel me? So Dre is back with me again today to talk about all the ways that we are so multifaceted and multi-leveled as as people, as beings, as healers, right? Like all the things that show up when you're in this journey. So I'm going to kick it to you to get us started today. And there are a lot of things (laughs) that (laughs) that come up on this journey for sure. (laughs) Yes. Um, So a little, I feel like I should tell your viewers, your listeners, more about the the multi-dimensional yes. <laughs> ways that I show up in this world. Um, so I have been married for almost, it'll be 18 years this year. Um, so uh, it feels like a long time and I always have to check back in and do the math. I've reached that point in life now where I have to do the math. Like, is it 18 or is it seven? I don't know. Like, <laughs> Um, a long time. And I, (laughs) I have four kids. So I've, my oldest is an adult. He's 27. My youngest is three. So I, um, you know, I wear a lot of hats and I have a lot of people who I don't want to use the word rely on me because that sounds like the power, the balance, it's like a power differential there, but who, you know, require some of my attention and my love and my care. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things on any given day going on in my household. Um, not to mention like myself, like the, the many different hats that I wear, even within the context of being human. So I'm neurodivergent. I'm an educator, like a longtime educator and a healer slash practitioner. So there's all these different lenses and ways that I look at the world. Um, so I feel like if, if you didn't know that about me, this conversation (laughs) might not be as whole. (laughs) Right. No, I get it. And I think it's important to, I'm not going to say we have to share those things because we don't. Like if somebody just doesn't want to, they don't. But I feel like it's important to give yourself space to share them if it makes sense for you. Like you don't have to hide them. You don't have to pretty them up. We get to be just as human as the people that we help. Now that don't mean we could be running down the street naked in the middle of a breakdown. (laughs) Like, you know, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Right. But I know I wanted to have this conversation because I want to continue to normalize that we don't have to be perfect and have have all of our shit together and be pristine. Exactly. We get to be living, breathing humans, evolving, growing, changing, just like everyone else around us. 
Exactly. And I, I think as an educator, like there's been a pressure to, you know, definitely like appear to the world in a certain way. Um, so it's interesting. I've picked all these different ways to define myself or, or label my identity or navigate the world that do kind of hold some of these pressures. So that's definitely something that I, you know, on my own healing journey have really confronted and looked at like how I'm upholding some of those structures. And I think some of that comes from like white supremacy, like comes from like the broader sense of like, we must be perfect or we must look perfect. There's a striving thing that happens, um, especially in the U S but also like when you add that context of spirituality and being a spiritual business owner or somebody who does this work on a practitioner level um, and you weave that in, I think there's this, um, this real like outside force that we all get confronted with around like the love and light. Like we have to be like this. And I'm like, I'm a little bit of fuck you too. Like all of that, (laughs) all of that. (laughs) um because there's there's no way possible like we had said in in the previous episode about duality you know there's no way we can just be one thing or approach the world in one way um and then I think overall you know we're balancing so many different things as we're we're doing this work and there's this like idea that um, if we're spiritual business owners or we are spiritual beings that um, like we have to be all together or it adds in that element. Um, and I think that both of us really kind of hold that like tenant that we need to debunk that, that that's not healthy. Um, it, it doesn't, perfect doesn't exist. <laughs> We are all imperfectly perfect, as you have said before, um, and really just kind of like approaching the world from and, and our work from that place of we have to do our own work. We can't be out here while and out. But like at the same time, there are going to be things that we're confronted with that are very human things. Yeah, I definitely I have done a lot of work to be okay with that myself, right? Um, <clears throat> because I, I created an experience for myself through the years of being a people pleaser, of having no fucking boundaries and being codependent because I desperately needed the approval from people. I needed the love from them. I needed the acceptance from them. And that was that little girl inside of me that didn't get it when she was young. You know, She wasn't safe. She wasn't protected. She wasn't um, safe and secure. And so as a young adult, as a teen, as an adult, I was constantly seeking the approval of my elders. Is that okay? Did I do that right? Is this enough? Am I enough? I'll fix it. You know what I mean? Making myself responsible for other people's bullshit. And so a large part of my journey, um, has been coming to a place of acceptance of all my own bullshit and, and trusting that it's, okay for me to do that work I can talk about what I want to talk about and I don't have to talk about shit else like there's no one way to do this there's no one way to make it work and I don't have to follow in anybody else's full you know footsteps because I have some people that I've had say to me 
well, you know, so-and-so healer tells everybody about her, blah. And I'm like, um, well, if that's what you want, I second that motion that you need to go talk to her and get her help or to go work with him and get that from, like, that's just not how I choose to operate or do things or be. This is my boundary or this is my protocol or whatever, you know? And, and just really being okay with carving out a path that makes sense and feels good and, and speaks to my soul while simultaneously helping other people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I think there's this, um, as we've been talking through these different episodes, there's this thing that I don't know that I'll be able to articulate, but it's, yeah. it's ruminating. It's there. Yeah. Um, And it's really this idea that like, when I think we have these like practitioner experiences or like, this is our work, um, we embody this. So we, it is a large part of who we are, but it's not all of who we are. And I think that like, when, if we were to break out a pie chart (laughs) um, and like, look at like all the facets of the things that we could be as humans, you know, it's one piece of the pie. It's not the whole pie. Um, Mm. yes, we, we come through this lens a lot, but I think there's sometimes a fear for us as practitioners that if I don't appear this way, or if I don't look this way, or if I'm not living from this piece of the pie all the time, then like that impacts my worthiness or that impacts like the ways in which, you know, people might want to work with me. And I think that that's been something that for the past at least 10 years um, since, you know, being a coach and doing this work, like that I've been working through myself as a practitioner and coach. Mm -hmm. I know you and I had an exchange. What was it about a week ago? And I was sharing something with you. He was like, fuck her, woo boo. Because I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did this post, um, yeah, it was a well, it was a well-meaning post. Uh, matter of fact, it was Valentine's Day. Oh my God. I did this post on Facebook in this group, right? And I shared it in this group. I mean, I shared it in my group and I think I shared it on my page. And it was just an encouraging post, like, you know, get out there and be your most amazing self, you know, dance, have a twerk party with yourself, do what feels good for you and let that be enough. And if you, you know, if you feel like it, get out there and kill it, make some shit happen. You know what I'm saying? And everybody that responded to the post saved this one chick. Everybody loved it. I had people saying, you know, this hit me right where I was. Like I was sitting at my kitchen table, having a pity party. And this got me up and I had a dance contest with myself. Thank you, you know, for sharing this. Or I was feeling good and this got me feeling better. I'm ready. I'm going to get out there and kill it. You know, everybody loved it except for this one chick. And she just took it and ran with it. And at first I felt some type of way. Like, what the fuck? Because she was like, you know, I don't, I don't resonate with this because I don't believe in hyper masculinity and toxic whatever. And I don't believe in killing it. I don't believe in violence. And I was like, what the fuck? How did she even get this from what I said? Okay. Totally missing the point. Right. Totally missing the point. (laughs) 
and I, I shared it with you. And I was like, like, I was really in my feelings for a minute. He was like, well, well, first of all, fuck her. And second of all, I got it. And I was like, yeah, you know, and that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do for each other. A lot of the times, you know, we are cathartic sounding boards for one another to filter through the crazy emotions, the crazy perceptions, the off kilter, you know, moments and really get it back to homeostasis of, no, it's okay to speak whatever you spoke. It's okay to be who you are and let that be enough, you know, ground zero of be you, right? And so once I shook it off, I just laughed because it triggered me as I, as I sat with it and really thought through it, it triggered me because that is something I have really struggled with is where am I in my femininity and masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. I am not the woman, I don't wear high heels. Now I used to, um, but ever since the car accident that you know caused some issues with my back and my spine, I don't wear heels really of any kind. I don't remember the last time. I gave them all away the years ago. Don't remember the last time I wore one. Flat shoes all the time, right? And so, you know, that it caused me to try to have to redefine who I was as a woman. Now I didn't really define, let me say it this way. I didn't define myself by makeup and heels before the accident really didn't wear a lot of makeup. Um, But it it caused me to struggle because that was one of the ways that I was able to express my softness and my, you know, femininity more. And so when I wasn't, wasn't doing it that way, it was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to be hyper-masculine. And then, you know, the whole movement started of, oh, you got to embrace the divine feminine yes here we go with that bullshit (laughs) okay people you cannot see jazz's face (laughs) but i did okay and it was it was glorious (laughs) you get it like we've had this conversation for years of there's a beautiful dance of the feminine of the masculine of divine energy And I don't think that there's one right or wrong way to be in any of it. I truly believe it's about dancing with that energy and expressing it in different ways in the moments that make sense. So in one one moment, your masculinity may be more necessary. In another moment, your femininity may be more necessary. Whether you're man, woman, non-binary, whatever you identify as, we all are masculine and feminine, right? Exactly. And so it triggered me because... (laughs) <clears throat> I was like, who this bitch trying to tell me? <laughs> but it, and, and it wasn't about her. At the end of the day, it triggered me because I was kind of struggling to figure out where I was as far as sometimes I do operate in a more masculine energy that is comfortable for me, that is more, it's it's more normal for me, right? Yeah. And I have my softness and I have my my femininity but that masculinity. And so it caused me to question myself a lot, right? As people came out with this whole divine feminine and toxic masculinity. So one time I said to another coach, I said, I am just as concerned with toxic femininity. Yes. And she was like, wait, whoa, tell me what, let's talk about this. And I said, because, you know, so many people are harping harping on the divine feminine and then toxic masculinity. And they're forgetting that it's a balance. Neither yeah. one is wrong and neither one is right. They're both necessary. And, you know, people like to say, oh, well, when you're in your masculine, you're you're more of a go-getter and hustling and hard work. And I'm like, but that's not but always But that's not true. always. Yeah. 
That's not always. And as somebody who's non-binary, I definitely like reflect upon that too and, and feel that because I think as soon as people see like a they, them pronoun or like something like that, they're like, oh, like they'll associate like more masculine energy to that, yeah. you know, and I cut my hair off and like, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other story, but, um, but I think that I resonate with that because there's this like, in this current reality that we live in, sometimes it's like this, you have to prove your femininity almost. Yes. And I'm like, I, I think that we have gone really off kilter with it, with these ideas of like what masculine and feminine, like what masculinity and femininity are. And mm-hmm. so much is like, you know, I kind of get annoyed sometimes too in this industry because there's so many fads that roll around and it's like, what's the next craze of like what we're all going to be talking about. Right. So it's like we roll through and then everybody is like, you know, and if you aren't the same or you don't have the sameness and you don't think in the same way, there's just kind of this like ostracization. I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but we're going to go with it. (laughs) We're going to go with that. there's like this thing of like, oh, you're, you're othered. Um, and I think that we stop ourselves from really being able to like unpack some of this stuff. And I think you're really onto something that you were sharing about, you know, that, that divine femininity and masculinity living like the yin and yang and, and really like certain situations or moments really calling us, calling our attention to that. And like, what does it mean to be masculine? What does it even mean to be feminine? And I think that there's so much in the gender constructs that are like so conditioned in us Um, and, and like breaking free from that conditioning of like, what does it mean? Like when I'm embracing my masculinity and femininity Um, and I think like Mm -hmm. what you were saying, like you were really onto that and like, you know, owning my own, like toxic, maybe femininity or masculinity or whatever it was to be like, fuck that bitch. (laughs) Like, and that's, this is real talk, part of the healing journey, (laughs) y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's things that like, you know, are present for us that we are walking this path and like, we're figuring out as we go along and like. Um, you know, being out of balance, like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean like, um, like you shouldn't be here? Like you shouldn't be a a healer or a practitioner, um, which then goes back to like this pressure to be perfect. So it's just like so many different thoughts, I think come from, from that, you know, and, and knowing that we're, we're still exploring so many of these concepts that were placed upon us. Um, you know, I mean, feminine and masculine energy exists, but the constructs of that are, are capitalist and are here because of that structure, <laughs> like <Yeah>. colonial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and just being honest, I, like I said, I, I felt some kind of way and I was in my feelings about it. And then I also had to be honest enough to say, you know what? Okay. This is triggering you because. Yes. And, and and continuing to ask, and why is this triggering you to unearth the different layers? And so for me, it was forcing me to go back to asking myself the question of, am I too much in my masculinity? Am I not yeah. enough in my femininity? 
or am I in just the right balance for me? Like, yes, you know what I mean? Because I had to go through the different facets of my life and say, Jazz, you have no reason to apologize for being who you are. My masculinity, that harder energy has so served as a protective barrier for me in certain experiences, right? Absolutely. It, it has, yeah, it has allowed me to get my ass up when I was feeling sorry for myself and not to say that the feminine can't because it can't. But I was able to pull on that more masculine energy side of myself and be like, okay, get your shit together get up and <laughs> get out to pity party boo and let's get it going my master yeah. is very bold very fierce very powerful you know yeah. what I mean and so is my femininity but there's this beautiful dance and shift and ebb and flow of them both and I yeah. think that we have to get to a place unapologetically uh first of all fuck you second of all this is me third of all I'm gonna be this and it's okay if you choose not to partake in this exactly like we don't need to police other people's like there's not this like balance of like okay you you have 47 percent of this and (laughs) (laughs) there's no like scientific formula that (laughs) that says like and not that like science is the be all end all but I'm just saying like there's no formula for like how how this needs to look for people it really is about the person where they are in their journey Mm -hmm. and like you know like what is truth for them like what is truth for you for me for anybody listening and I think that sometimes there's so much of the pressure that if you don't appear in a certain way, or if you are so much of an outlier, um, that like, that will be kind of othered or pushed to the side. So like, I can imagine some of your listeners, like if they're, if, you know, they're business owners, they're experiencing some of that, just like we've experienced it where there's just that sense of, oh, well, everybody else is kind of moving and navigating in this way. Maybe I should give up that part of myself so I can move and navigate in this way, like with the herd. So I'm not um, looking too different. Absolutely. And another thing that I saw about myself in that experience and that, and, and has also simultaneously played out in this 30 days, like we were talking about last episode was, it has forced sounds like such an aggressive word, but I think it's appropriate here. It has forced me to get even more comfortable in my skin. Like there was no way around it. I had to be willing to face why that comment triggered me and what there was in that for me to learn, for me to heal, for me to embrace or identify, you know, and embody. And And so, like I said, at one point, I just kind of took a look through my life and said, you know what? I give thanks for my masculinity. I give thanks that as a little child, it protected me. I give thanks that when I was in my 20s and I wanted to learn karate, I did because that was my more masculine energy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I give thanks that when I was in my 30s, I was like, you know what? I want to learn how to box. And I did. Yes. That was that more masculine energy, that aggressive side of me, that that forceful energy that needed an expression. And so, you know, even with my partner, you know, that's something that we laugh about because he's like, babe, 
you know, this has been our running joke for years. He's like, you're a pit bull in a skirt, dude. And, <laughs> and I resonate with that. <laughs> yes. And you know, like the first time he said it to me, I was like, um, I don't really know how to feel about that. <laughs> he was like, no, it's a compliment. He was like, because you're sexy and you're beautiful and you're powerful, but there is this force behind you. Like, I know that anything I ask you, you're going to find a way to make shit pop. You know, when it comes to business stuff, you're going to figure it out. If I ask you a question, you finna research it and come back with statistics, you know, <laughs> you like, you know, there, I just feel like there's nothing that you aren't capable of. And I was like, well, okay. And so it just became this thing with us. And, and I think that absolutely describes me. Like I am this powerful, aggressive, assertive, forceful, big, huge energy. And yet there's this softness to me and so that using my journal as an example like people see it and they're like I'm not I don't know what to say and I'm like hey just roll with it because because very big on it it says self-love journal but the title is smaller above it fuck them people and they're like I don't really know what to do with this like it's so loving and it's just it's duality so- like right, right there in your face Right. And to me, that's what femininity and masculinity is. It's this duality of being able to exist in the realm of two very opposing spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Also becoming one with yourself in the balance of those opposing energies. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And like that, um, I think I had a coach uh, who was like very much coming from like a Vipassana, like insight meditation Uh, kind of framework. And so he had said to me once, you know, a yogi always knows when to wield their sword. Like, and I saw that as like the, the masculine and feminine kind of balance, you know, in, in some ways. Um, But I think that there is that sense of, you know, being able to be both things simultaneously and the beauty of that, like the duality of, being that divine feminine and divine masculine and sometimes and the ways in which the human life and world impacts us and maybe pushes us to some of that toxicity like none of us like you have said like we're not immune (laughs) um we're not immune to this you know I want to highlight something before we um start to shift and close you were talking about just the duality of being a healer being a coach being a teacher also being neurodivergent and being a mom, being a wife, you know, most of us occupy so many roles. Sometimes it can be hard to keep track of all of them, right? And and some of them fall by the wayside and then we we step into them as necessary, you know, necessary. Sometimes we hinder ourselves with the label because it feels safe and comfortable. You know, we limit ourselves and then sometimes we step into them because it feels expansive no matter what we're calling ourselves or how we're identifying, I think the beauty is in always finding out how does this contribute to my greatness? I think I remember, and this may have been a year or two ago, we started really talking through what it was like for you to to be a coach in that space and work with clients that were neurodivergent as well. And and I want to say that the question around that that I was asking you was that time is what if this is just part of what you're here for? 
Like it's, it's not good or bad, but what if this is one of your superpowers is to be able to, to just own that shit without apology. You know what I'm saying? And absolutely. And help other people navigate that to find their power in it so that it's not a limitation. It's not a bad thing. It just is. Yeah. And I think like when we're living in that balance of ourselves, like we don't even have to put a a label on ourselves. Like I could go out and just go to Target and like, I will find like people will be attracted to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, we're all, we can all relate to that. And in, even in my business, the people who are, who tend to be attracted to me are other neurodivergent folks. So, or like other non-binary or, you know, people in the LGBTQ community. So it's like that just because, oh, sorry. That's so good. Hey, real life happens. <laughs> I'm surprised was, my dogs have been howling in the background. My, my very little dog. Um, she's not very little. She's like a border collie mix, but she, <laughs> uh, somebody's having a package delivered. Um, and so I think that there's just that sense of like the, the things that we're calling in, even subconsciously, like that we're mm-hmm. not, um, fully present to all the time. Like I don't go out with intention that this is going to be what happens. Right. Um, but it definitely ends up being the people who I attract and I, I know the path, like I'm living this path. So I know that, um, that these are the things that like, what are the things that people are dealing with? I'm laughing because now mine are <laughs> <laughs> oh so now your dogs are going <laughs> well they got the memo clearly like there is communicating. some kind of energy that they're communicating exactly exactly and um, my dog like totally threw me off out of my train of thought so I was like I don't even know if I was saying what I was saying if that was like relating I felt like I was like in a groove and then she barked and I was like man you fucked it up do <laughs> a tennis ball in my wine glass like dude what are you doing um so I get it well <laughs> So get it. And I can't even tell you what you were saying because I started laughing. So my, <laughs> but you know, listen, y'all, this, this is real life behind owning a business, being professional, whatever you want to call it. This is real life being human. Um, but I want to throw this in. I want to throw this in there to what you were saying. You know, I know at one point, I think last year, the year before I was like, Wubu, talk to me about like, how is it being, um, you know, neurodivergent because I'm noticing things about myself as I'm as I'm growing, as I'm changing, as I'm becoming more aware and in tune as I'm getting older. And there always have been questions there for me, but they were coming up more consistently. And so I really had to start considering did I want to go in for testing? Uh, you know, was it something that I needed to talk to, you know, my doctor about and be like, I'm curious is, is this something we should be looking at you know <laughs> you know it, what is this and and just getting to the point you know for me I decided eh you know right now I don't think I'm gonna get tested and and I remember talking to my partner about it too like uh, and he's like well you know you can but I mean if you feel like you good don't stress about it and I was like eh 
I think I'm good. You know, there's an awareness there, but I'm going to keep swimming until I feel like I need to take a break and maybe look at something else. And that's just a part of the natural ebb and flow of being in this journey of being a healer and being a human being is that things change. Like there are people that aren't diagnosed with different things until they're in their 40s, 50s. I think uh, I forgot the famous actor, Anthony Hopkins is his name or something, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I don't think he was diagnosed as autistic until he was like in his 70s. And so, yeah, you know, whether you have a label for something or not, you know, being in tune with yourself is still yeah. good. Yeah. And even if you have a label for something, don't limit yourself to that and say, well, I'm this now, this is all that I can do. Absolutely. I've hit capacity, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I that's, think that that's the thing that you and I do for each other is we continue to say, nope, keep going, butterfly, you know? Exactly, because I think, you know, as somebody who's worked in the field of special education, which I call exceptional education, like as somebody who's worked in that area for a very long time, I, I can, I've seen firsthand where students have limited themselves because of the labels that have been placed on them. And it's so much path pathology. Like there's so much pathology in the label. It's great because there are things that are very useful and helpful to know, because I think that, you know, awareness is a lifelong journey. So if somebody can kind of hit the fast forward button and let you know a little bit, like what to be aware of, that's great. Um, and then our, our current, you know, human world is, is very much driven by, by these, limiting factors. So things that, that do limit us. So it's like, we have to really break free from, from that. And like that pathology, because we've all been pathologized in some way, shape, form or another. Um, and yeah. And I think that people come and seek out healers and, and practitioners like us and, and like your listeners, because they want somebody who's not going to pathologize them. They want someone who's, yeah, who's going to validate their existence, validate. It's not about needing someone else to see you, but, oh man, when somebody else does see you, how amazing does that feel? Just like you were describing with your business name, like, you know, it's funny. Um, years ago, when I worked with my first client who was transgender, I felt so fucking unprepared like what the hell am I even doing and I was very honest with him about that like listen um I can help you but I'm not sure how much I can help you in this part of your experience and so we talked through that you know because he had reached out to me to do some work together he had seen me on Facebook and I think at that time I had some ads on neighborhood or something and uh and, you know, because I forget how I had even connected with them, but somebody had reached out and said, hey, you know, several people have recommended you. So we want to get you on here so that other people know that you're safe in the community. And I was like, OK, I don't, I don't really know what that means, but yeah, I'll be an advocate. Sure. <laughs> and so as more people reached out to me, that was a conversation that I was having with them. Like, listen, I don't have any special training, you know, in being transgender. It's not my experience. I don't identify as gay or lesbian or, or bisexual or anything, you know, I'm just, just heterosexual and straight, but these are the skills that I have. And these are the expertises that I have. And if that's okay for you, then here's how I can support you. 
And it was really cool to have all of them reflect back to me like, that's all I want. Yeah. I was more focused on acknowledging, like, I don't want to harm you. Right. And so I, I need for you to understand where my limitation may exist with this. And, right. and that allowed them to feel seen like, yeah, first of all, thank you for just even saying it. But also the fact that you're willing to say that makes me even more comfortable with you, you know? Right. Because um, it's like that sense of knowing what is in the room, like knowing yeah. like there's no elephant there. <laughs> yeah. Knowing like what tensions like um, could could arise or like areas where you're like, I'm not as skilled to help you in this way because it's not a lived experience for me. Right. So having, I think, you know, sometimes like we don't have to have that lived experience to help others, but that compassion being like a part of our, our path and like being able to empathize and, um, and see people for who they are and, and how they see themselves, um, is like so valuable. And, we could probably continue to go down the route of like, you know, the, the ways in which people, why people don't ask for help and all of the folks who may be out there that are living in that reality of not feeling safe and, you know, the pathology that the path, what, you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) I cannot say the word. There are some words that my mouth just doesn't say. (laughs) No, blah, 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 blah. blah. I tell my people all the time, like, I'm getting tongue tied. Y'all just roll with it. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, There, yeah, like I, there's a couple words in my dictionary, in the dictionary that I just am like, nope, my mouth isn't going to say that. And that's fine. It's all good. It's all good. We, so we, could, did, <laughs> we could probably talk a long time on that, but we're not here to talk about that today. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, I think we both, you know, touched on that. And that's a powerful space of awareness when you understand your limitation of whether it be expertise or experience, lived experience, knowledge, capacity, whatever. And being able to be upfront about that to allow the person that's coming to you for help to say, I can work with that. Or you know what? Nah, let me keep looking and see if I can find somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, that's been very powerful to be able to have those conversations. Cause I've also had that with, uh, with clients that are neurodivergent and me being (laughs) honest enough to say, listen, I'm not quite sure where I fit on that spectrum. I may get tested at some point. I don't know, but here's where we are. And I, I want to talk to you about that so that you understand and can make the best informed decision for yourself on whether I'm the right fit for you with what you're looking for. Exactly. You know, I think like that's just a way to empower clients, right? Like exactly. S- sometimes this industry can be very predatory and mm-hmm. we've, you know, experienced that in our own ways, um, like through our own lived experiences. So I think that like, empowering your clients is, is really like number one ethics. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's really at the top of the list because, um, them being able to say the client being able to say, you know, I don't know that this is a good fit and, and having them be able to walk in dignity in all of the experience is really a powerful thing. And I think what, what probably draws your clients to you yeah. because 
they can see and sense that. Well, you know, it's funny. And I think I remember talking to you about this, correct me if I'm wrong, but I had an experience where I had another friend that was on the spectrum of autism and some other things. And we ended up, we didn't have a conversation about it. She left me a message and basically told me that I had made her feel, no, how did she put it? She didn't feel safe um, with me because uh, I didn't, I didn't have the ability to do something the way that she needed it to be done. And so she left me a message and said that she didn't feel safe with me. And at first I was like, well, shit, what did I do wrong? How do I fix this? And then I realized, no, my responsibility in this is just to listen to her. And I did, I listened to the message and I responded back and I said, hey, I don't get that. And I'm gonna be honest about that, but I'm willing to listen. If you want to you know, further explain to help me understand, I'm willing to listen. And if you don't, I respect that too. Either way, I honor however you choose to proceed. And that was that. Like I, yeah. I put a very hard boundary in place so that I didn't make myself responsible for her shit. And I yeah. also didn't make her responsible for mine. You know what I'm, it's not her job to educate me if she didn't want to. Exactly. But I was willing to give her safe space if she wanted to help me understand so that I could create that safety for her. And so I want to say that I chatted with you about that. And, and that's also a very real part of being human, being a healer, being a practitioner is you can't be all the things for all the people. You have to exist where you can and trust that you'll connect with the right fits, but not everybody's going to be a right fit. Exactly. And that goes back to like being people, if you have a people pleaser history too, like then sometimes we'll want to like, we'll be everything to everybody and we fracture ourselves and that leads to burning out and it just never ends well. So, you know, like having the, the space to know thyself, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like knowing where our zone of genius is, knowing where like our, um, like where we might be out of our zone, like where we might be out of our comfort zone. And that may just be how it is right now. Maybe in a year or two, it changes. But um, I think it's important, like as a healer practitioner to be doing the work that we want to be doing um, and that the people who are being attracted to us are people who want to do the work with us. So, you know, I've had like other, um, not so much healer practitioners that I've hired, but like therapists and, and people who I'm like, you know, I don't think we're the best fit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And being able to say that, and then that being respected and honored is like the other side of that. Facts. Oh, hard facts. I definitely think we're about to segue. So this is a good place to stop because maybe that's something that we can pick up on next time, you know, we have a chance to to get together and do some recording is the compartmentalization that we often feel that we have to subject ourselves to in this space of getting help and healing. Yeah. You know, with others, that is not always a fun experience. And so um, that's something we can definitely dive into at another time. But as we bring this to a close, is there anything that you want to make sure that they know that you tie it all together or throw on the table? Because I feel like we put down some powerful stuff for them to kind of 
feast on for a while. <laughs> Definitely. This one felt like a journey. We went to a lot of different places. Yes. <laughs> we went to many locations. This was a multiple mm-hmm. location filming. <laughs> road trip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> definite road trip. Because we covered like masculinity, femininity, different parts of ourselves, neurodivergence. Um, I think what it all comes back to is really like, getting clear on who we are in this space. Um, What is it? What are our areas of interest? Like, what is it that we um, want to offer? And then where, like, what parts of ourselves are those parts of ourselves that help us to offer those things? Absolutely. And always, as we go through introspection, self-reflection, processing, all the things, always being mindful that it's okay to implement your boundaries where needed. You don't have the right to exist where somebody else needs to begin and neither do they have the right to exist at yours, right? We we have boundaries for a reason and we're all autonomous and individual for a reason. And so as we go through this journey professionally, personally, all the things in between that it entails, remembering that we get to implement our boundaries and make them flexible or firm as needed based on what our needs are, but also remembering that other people have the right to do so as well. Absolutely. So I think that's a great place to stop. Thank you, Woo-Boo, for joining me again. I think these have been some powerful conversations the last few weeks. And my hope is that people are taking from it what they need, but also remembering that it's okay to be human. I was excited about us having these conversations because it can be challenging as business owners to give yourself permission to be totally fucked up and messy and not feel like you've got to hide it all the time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like there are probably things that we have said over these conversations that maybe we would say differently this time, you know, like it's, everything is a learning opportunity. Growth, (laughs) right? Growth and evolution. (laughs) You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be pretty and gussied up and makeup up. You don't have to have on the power suit and the tie all the time. You know, you get to be who you are in business in a way that makes sense for you. And also trusting that the people meant for you are going to find you and come to you. And y'all forgive me. I'm, I'm like getting lost in the sauce with my thoughts. Cause this loud ass work truck is behind me. I don't oh. know if you hear it or not. <laughs> they are still putting new gas lines down the neighborhood. So it's quiet. And then all of a sudden it's like loud, 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 um, loud. loud. But yeah, so, you know, just remembering that it's a journey and it's beautiful and it's messy and it's ugly and it's perfect and it's crazy all the time simultaneously. And that's called being human and it's okay. And it's okay to be that and figure out how to thrive because thriving as a human allows you to thrive as a business owner, allows you to thrive as an entrepreneur and as a legacy builder and a powerhouse and a boss and all the things that you desire to be, right? Um, you don't have to pick or choose. You get to be both and have both worlds. So thank you guys for tuning in out there in internet land, however you have connected to us on whatever platform you're listening. Um, The crystal that I want to leave you with today 
is red aventurine. Really good for that safety and security, that root chakra feeling, right? So if you're needing a little bit of help to tune into your truth and really ground yourself in your healing work, finding your balance, red aventurine is a good one to help you do that. Uh, if you don't have any, you already know what I'm about to say. Hop on over to the shop, click your way and grab some <laughs> and leave your feedback, leave your comments. Tell us how this is helping you, what this is bringing up for you. Leave your questions so that we can use those to program future episodes. I love you guys. And I will talk to you later.